You're listening to the Voice of San Diego Culture Cast. I have a special episode for you because in the Voice of San Diego studio is the now, I would say, famous <laughs> Voices of Our City Choir. Woo! <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> and Steph Johnson, would you introduce yourself for me? Sure. Yeah, my name is Steph Johnson and I'm the co-founder of Voices of Our City Choir. All right, and if we could just go around the room and introduce yourself. And my name is John Brady. I'm the production manager, and I run the advocacy group of the Voices of Our City Choir. And hello, my name is Jeff Hayes, and I'm a member of the choir. And my name is John Frawley, and I'm another member of the choir. All right, you two have great voices. Are you in the baritone section? Where? What's what part of the choir are we? And do you have a wherever they'll take us? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much how. It yeah, works. we'll we'll. <laughs> We'll sing for food. We actually, it's, it's, it's an interesting point. The choir tends to group up naturally. Uh, there mm-hmm. seems to be friendships and groups that coalesce and they sing together and they harmonize together. And that's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. There's not so much d- these defined lines like in other kind of formal choirs. We actually, you know, we have sometimes separate them into highs and lows, right? Mm-hmm. Or, but yeah, they are tend to be in groups and they have their friends in their little pocket. We're, we're flex a choir. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. So let's talk about the genesis of this choir. Uh, how long has it been and why Why did you want to start something like this, Steph? I started the choir in the summer of 2016 uh, because the uh, city's inhumane policies had just reached this kind of unbearable. Well, the number of people living in the street just seemed to grow and grow like that summer, right? It was crazy. And then when I realized, when I went to different lectures by Jeannie Crescenzo, um, different activist friends, they... I learned that Martha we were, Sullivan. yeah, Martha Sullivan, Lori Saldana. I learned that we were criminalizing people that didn't have a place to go. Then I found out that we had this housing crisis that, I mean, it's really kind of like simple math, you know, like everything. We lost these 10,000 affordable housing units from the end of 79, like that we created from 79 to, I don't know, six or seven years ago. Anyways, they built some, but not enough. So people are in the street and then they don't have, they can't afford the housing. So and, and they don't really have a voice. They're not represented. Nobody's really seemed to be caring. And the time on the streets is nothing but a hardening experience. So we're just magnifying our problems by tenfold by letting people spend any amount of time on the street because right. it's just traumatizing. Right. Yeah, the, the ignorance is making it worse. <laughs> right. If you had any sort of uh, issue mentally hitting the street, even if you didn't, once you were on the street for that amount of time, you had issues. The uh, the it was just that. Traumatic. It doesn't take long for the trauma to start. And and what we see in a lot of times is anybody that has spent more than a year on the streets. That's going to take. Uh, it's going to take a lot of work, it a lot of love. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So what made you think a choir would help this? I mean, it's a very, as you are indicating, it's a very serious problem. It's a very complicated uh, issue. There's a lot of 
you know, building housing is a complicated thing. Um, What made you want to start the choir? What was what? How did you feel like that would help? Well, um, I had no idea it would have the effect that it's had. I mean, let's just say that this is just so beyond anything we could have ever dreamed. But the first thing I wanted was to just have a safe space to make music in. And uh, we met Pastor Chris Nafis, who let us use a space for free. So really, it was just we were doing outreach, my friends and I, and I. They would find out I sang and I played guitar. That I wasn't. I was there on because of my own calling, not with the church or anything. Just my music, my musician friends and I. So um, it all started started really organically. And then, and for the love of music and the interest in music, you know, different um, people I meet on the street that would immediately say, "Oh, you play guitar? I write poetry, or I sing, I play." So it, it definitely attracts people who love music and also a lot of artists. We have a lot of artists and musicians in the choir. So, of course, I know that expressing yourself is like, you know, the supreme um, blessing in life. If you can really express yourself, you feel so good. And that so much healing happens from that, you know, just and being creative and hearing music. I mean, so it just kind of blossomed and started to take on um, also a voice at city council because I was already going to city council and kind of asking my elected officials what's up <laughs> and uh, that kind of turned into the choir um, thanks to Martha Sullivan and um, some other um, John Brady here some activists yeah it um, it, it is really the only uh, um, organized group of primarily homeless people that went and spoke at city council and advocated so and when you allow somebody that that to who's spent time and understands to speak in front of city council there's there's a true emotional connection that happens you can you know when somebody's sharing their experience and their tears happen mm-hmm. it really has an impact or, it's I mean, an people, aha people were literally like coming into city council like this one homeless family at 10 and and like asking them you know like we're, we're, we'll call the mayor's office like can you please you know help us you know i mean it's really it was yeah. desperate. I mean, it was a desperate time. So the music became this family, this this um, this thing bigger than any of us. You know, everybody needs it, I feel. And it's, it's, a, it's a community choir, so it's for people experiencing homelessness, but also people who've maybe been affected by it or want to just come join us and sing. Mm-hmm. And, and the, we, yeah, I mean, now we're 50 strong every week. You yeah. know, yeah, at 50 rehearsal. 50 people are showing up on Friday Fridays. 11. Wow. So Not it's always week. the same group, but, you know, it's generally always 50 people. There is a lot of substance to the old adage of music being a universal language. We're trying to reach a mm-hmm. lot of people, and this is one of the most effective ways of mm-hmm. them listening to what we have to say. Mm-hmm. And the Conference of Audiology was just in town recently, and we got to see some of the science of music. And there's a true reformative effect that happens to people that are suffering from any sort of issue, whether it's substance abuse, you know, mental anxiety, depression, all of those things really. Alzheimer's. And yes, we actually, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So we get that benefit and it creates a lot of love within our organization. We, we care for each other. You know, I recently attended the funeral of a choir member to respect that person. And it was beautiful. I mean, Ken passed away two weekends ago and, you know, he had an amazing life that we did. We were just getting to know Ken. He was you our know, harmonica player. He was our harmonica Aww. player. So I want to step back just a minute. So when in the early days of Voices of Our City Choir, it was more therapeutic at first, right? So it was just to do it to give people who are experiencing homelessness a place to go and um, a be positive. respected, be honored and and have let's share food. You're not going to be criminalized. We're not calling the cops. We're actually wanting to know who you are and let's make music. That okay. was the beginning. And then it, yeah, it kind of morphed into um, 
you know, the media coming around and to doing a story, thanks to the the KPBS story that um, inspired Susan Polishitz, you know, and then it all started to be documented. And so I, you're talking about uh, Susan, a filmmaker who yes. ha- is has produced a documentary about this effort. Yes. So she's been with you since those early days. Kind of days. the beginning. Yeah, oh, like around fantastic. February is when she started filming. Yeah. And um, a year. A year last year. Okay. Right. So all this happened very quickly. Yeah, like she usually <laughs> takes two years to from start to finish, and she did this whole thing in less than a year. It was really unreal. normally fi- to five years sometimes. Right. I mean, anyways. So there was so. An, there's the reason is because this is an urgent me- a message. You know, uh, people. You know, the old narrative, whatever that old narrative is, is that you know people are just addicted or just whatever. It's not, it doesn't apply anymore. You know, there's families, there's women in the streets. So. Um, yeah. I feel like, did we get off topic? You asked it's fine. Question. So you two, were you two with the choir from the beginning or when, how did I you find? I came in pretty close to the beginning. I'd gotten off the streets for a couple of months. I was in a, a, a facility and I picked up sepsis. And by the time I got out after about eight weeks, my, uh, my bed was gone. So I was back out on the streets and, um, I was uh, in a tent close to John, and he told me that there was a, a choir in the church, and I had no desire to sing in a church <laughs> choir. <laughs> but uh, I went in one day, and the first we're a thing non-denominational was, choir. Yes, though. We just use this non-denomination. Okay. Let's make that clear, <laughs> okay. or, or yeah. I wouldn't be here. Right. Um, and Steph just ran over, beaming to me, welcoming me there. And I go, well, this might be a little different. <laughs> and uh, once they started singing, I, I really enjoyed myself. And I came back the next week and the next week. By about the third week, I asked if I could uh, test out for uh, one of the solos. Oh. And um, I, by the end of me testing it, I was told I got it you got the part you own it <laughs> which was a big surprise because i i didn't sing really right so that was your first experience with singing yes oh amazing. and wow. now he's one of our stars i mean really you know yeah would it be too much to ask you to sing that uh solo that is just a little bit maybe we've got microphones in front of us okay in the cold mirror of a glass I see my reflection pass. I see the dark shades of what I used to be. In the purple of her eyes, I see the scarlet of my lies. I said, love, rescue me. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. So how did you find the choir? The interview that Steph referred to on KPBS, I was listening one morning because I live in my car, and that's my entertainment. And uh, I heard them talking about the homeless choir, and being homeless, I thought, hmm, I should think about that. Mm-hmm. And then I heard them talk about <laughs> the song list, which is secular as you can get, and I thought, I know every one of those songs because I sang them growing up or I learned them more recently, but I'm aware of many of them and I should be checking this out. And I went down and I joined in with a bunch of folks who obviously have a love of music in their heart and they are simply looking to express themselves musically, but also to attract the attention of enough folks who um, we can change the perspective so that we are Homeless people in general are treated more equally mm-hmm. and uh, understood a little bit more with some compassion. Not looking for a handout. We just want a chance to get up there and 
and boogie again. And um, <laughs> I've had a great time. The folks in the choir are just really sweet, wonderful, caring people, just like Steph said. And, and the advocacy portion of the choir is more than likely what kept me going with it. Okay. Wow, wow. that's powerful. So... It After was, a few rehearsals and, you know, you realized this was a powerful, wonderful thing. Um, well, did people you, started to want to book us. Okay. All of a sudden they were started. They were like, oh, can we hire you? And, you know, I spent all this time working on a repertoire with my you know, husband, Rob Thorson. And all of a sudden I had to put together a set so mm -hmm. we could go perform. So then we became this kind of a, a working choir, working on material to go perform with a live band. So it's myself, Leah Bowden on drums, Rob Thorson on bass, and Nina, Nina Deering directing. Now we have different rotating musicians on piano and stuff like that, but that's what we work on. What's a working choir? And wow. It, yeah, and it's actually grown so much that we've just decided that we're gonna, we're gonna open up the rehearsal to maintain an uh, a intro choir level in right. the beginning and then now we have a we have a performing gigging portion ah. <laughs> so right. we can you know have the kind of intermediate choir you know that way because it, it's pretty intense i mean now we're, we're doing like 14 17 tunes we have a big list of tunes yeah, we, we do have a, well there's 23 in the lyrics or 23 now, but so, like yeah, in a show which, can, what a are show. some of those songs can you uh we do uh, love rescue me what a wonderful world um what's going on change uh, the world change the world they're clapping change the world uh, what else We've got uh, uh, we are family. We are yeah. family. Golden, yeah. Golden, Jill Scott. Ain't no stopping us now. Yeah, that's oh, great. Good. Right, and you then know, your solo song is uh, I can see clearly now. And, right, and John's John heard us on the radio, and I'm glad he did because John's got an excellent voice, yes, he and he yeah. he's just started to really let it rip lately, and I'm yeah. so excited. He's taking a great, doing a good job on your solo. John, <laughs> is it too much to ask? Got a microphone. I got to back up a little bit. We didn't do any warm-ups beforehand. I can see clearly now the rain has gone. All of the, all of the, I can see all the obstacles in my way. I forget the words, I'm not with the choir. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's going to be a bright, 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 sunshiny day. It's going to be your bright, 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 sunshiny day. Wow, you guys. We have a lot of fun. You gave me goosebumps. That's a good sign. No, John did a great job. We had a concert on Saturday, and he played. He sang that. We all did a great job. That's what we sounded amazing in that La Jolla Cathedral. So these gigs, I'm imagining, work as more than just entertainment. Is that right? Right, right. It's bonding. It's bonding, but it's also informative, you know? I think the audience is always kind of blown away when they see the mm. people standing in the choir and they look just like them. They go, wow, that person doesn't have a house and they're being criminalized. Hmm. And there's and this that's thing crazy. That, that could happen to me. You know, it's just kind of, that's what needs to happen is that people just got to take a look at the individual and say, wow, this, I could also have gotten MS or I could have also had something happen and, you know? And there, yeah. are, there are, in the movie, John Brady, Across from me, the other John. Yes, John. one of the other Johns. We have a lot of Johns. So many Johns. Uh, so many Johns. So little time. Uh, he had even mentioned, as some of the other folks who were interviewed in the movie, that they are degreed. And I'm sure a lot of people don't think of homeless people as having yeah. advanced degrees, and and that they right. do. They're right. you know they're out there. And well, it's interesting now because you know I I always introduce myself as the production manager, but as I get to speak to somebody that's a you know 
wants to learn more about the choir, get more involved, I go, you know, hey, look, you know, I was on the street a year and a half ago. And it's it's partly because of the work we did with this choir that, you know, that I'm no longer there, that I've got great mental health treatment now and, you know, and and doing this amazing thing. You know, it's 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 beautiful. I mean, but people are surprised, like we'll be meeting somebody and it's me talking to them, you know, and then we're hanging, hanging out, having something to eat. And then they go, wait, you were homeless, which happens yeah. with <laughs> a lot of our, with a majority I of our choir. Yeah, members. I thought well, you were a production manager. So right. maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but everybody in the choir, you wouldn't you'd walk up to on the street for the most part and go and wouldn't have no idea that oh, this yeah. is somebody that suffered from homelessness or whatever. You know, right. all these issues mm-hmm. now, prior, prior to the homelessness, we all have more than likely some very wonderful and interesting backgrounds, but yes. mm-hmm. people don't see that when they no. see you homeless. Coming out of a tent, yeah. 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 Right. So are any of you still living in a tent? I'm off the street now. Congratulations. I'm, I'm housed. Great. I'm, housed. I'm in my car. I'm happy in there. I mean, it, I fit. Okay. But that brings up <laughs> an interesting topic. Home. You know, mm-hmm. living in a car is, you know, you're fortunate enough to be in a, in a facility where a safe park facility, which is a, a blessing. Which is something we largely, all advocated for for yeah. a long time. The, the, what's going on still is the, you know, the a- aggressive harassment of people for simply being homelessness. Right. Even people in cars. Yeah, and people in cars, they, once you, they identify that you're sleeping in your car, you can become a target. If they and and they will attempt to get you to the five ticket level where you are now subject to an impoundment and they get your car off the street. Yeah. And that's just a it's horrible. So you mentioned advocating for safe places for people to park. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other specific policies that the choir as a now an activist group an mm-hmm. active and vocal one? Um, are there any specific policies? There's a few ballot measures um, that'll be up to vote on in um, November. Right. Are you backing any of those? Like- I haven't even had a chance to read those. I know that, um, you know, there's some attorneys that are really supportive and uh, that we work with and they're working together on something. And um, I, we support that and, and real policy change that will decriminal, you know, the end of the criminalization, you know, end ticketing people that have no place to go. Um, that's our biggest thing that okay. we hope we draw attention to. Okay. Um, and the city is kind of doing some good things. You know, they got the tent open, right? Mm-hmm. And that's being run by Alpha, and they're doing an amazing job. Okay. The rap- the, three the rap- different agencies. Dif- Alpha is Veterans Village and, oh, right, yes, right, right. Sorry. and Father Joe's. Right. Sorry, 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 my fault. <laughs> but, um, you know, there is some some help happening, but um, it just just as much attention as we can bring to the humanitarian crisis okay. um, to make people know that, you know, even that there is a policy for, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that still are disconnected from this issue. You know? Let me I can only say that I never experienced expected to. I was the person that walked around homeless people, did not connect, was not, you know, and and having gone through the experience, I have a, a deep empathy and I have an understanding for how people feel on both sides. Somebody that spent a lot of money and in, in a beautiful home and that is impacted by homelessness. And and it's, an, you know, that's unfortunate. And I respect that, you know, but the reality is that. I never expected that the level of services was, you know, I thought there was a bigger safety net. We certainly spent so enough I. money. Yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't think that it was possible that you could actually just really just sort of grind off a pretty decent life and paying a significant amount of taxes and end up on the street with nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was I your mean, experience. I paid yep. taxes my whole life. So yeah. that's why I'm fortunate with the social security, but it didn't prepare me for living in my car. 
Well, it's not enough. <laughs> well, yeah, and Social Security is not enough to pay for rent in San Diego. Is that kind of no. why? Oh, absolutely not. not. Not if you want to eat. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you yeah. want to do anything else, you can just stand in your apartment and then you can afford it. But if you don't do anything else, <laughs> yeah. you know. Just wilt away right there. I've got a great spot. Yeah. <laughs> so your house, are you, um, was it, how long did that process take for you? Uh approximately two and a half yeah i was out there for a while yeah so about two and a half years and i never expected it to take that long i thought when i initially became homeless that there was like john said a safety net i was expecting to get into a a a shelter at some place where i could hopefully start over again Mm -hmm. Um, i knew i wasn't going to be able to perform the job i had prior to that um i became ill Right. I have MS and um, and uh, uh, epilepsy. Um, I really didn't expect that this process was going to take that long, and that there was just so little caring from uh, city, state officials, county officials. Um, it took me a very long time to get uh, even general relief. Yeah. Um, because they kept uh, finding little tiny details that really didn't matter about me getting the funding. Oh, right. Just as so a circling chance back to and saying, oh, you need to do this for mm-hmm. your application. You need to right. And so that whole time you were on a waiting list. Yeah. And I was on the street with no money. Right. Uh, by the time I hit the street, I had wasted my 401, not wasted, but I'd blown through my 401k, right. mm-hmm. um, my individual savings, mm-hmm. and uh, my severance package. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in IT for, uh, what, 20 years. Oh, wow. Um, and it was just a complete shock to me. Right. I was a public safety police dispatcher for about 20 years, and, oh. I, and I had a wonderful retirement that I thought would last a while, and mm-hmm. I was... Uh, sadly mistaken. I was mistaken, <laughs> yes, sadly mistaken. I spent it all for my daughter and I to be able to survive in our apartment for two and a half years while I, some of that time, not all of it, but definitely the last six months very intensively, I looked for work, and uh, I was not fortunate enough to acquire something, so we ended up with an eviction, but also the money that I had spent, that was the retirement. I didn't mind. I have no problem with it, but it, that's it's just, just no happened. way to get it back. Right, yeah, right, right, it's, right. It's gone. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is we know now from our experience that we can do a better job. Mm-hmm. We as a city, we're a leadership in health innovation. We're a leadership in technology yeah. innovation. We're a leadership. You know, there's a lot of resources here. And if you break it all down and you add it all up, we're trim- building a, spending a tremendous amount of money terrifying pe- terrorizing people <laughs> and, 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 and exacerbating the problem. And if we've spent that money well and did some innovative things instead of the same thing over again, we're going to build a tent, we're going to build another sh- – you know, I, we there are some innovative solutions out there, and we just encourage this and city, all of the leadership. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know, there's always been this – I mean – I think everybody listening probably to this would know this and agree, but you know, there's this disconnect between the County and their services and the city. Right. And it's seen as downtown San Diego's issue, you know, district, what is that? District 10, 11, whatever that's right. called. Right. You know, that it's their issue. Even the homelessness is happening everywhere, you know? Right. right. And so, and over half the homeless is in the rest of the, is in the rest of the County, mm-hmm. you know? So, so County oversees our, you know, food stamps, social security, 
they they got it. And they're they sitting on and they billions of dollars. Well, we'll yeah. won't get all into that. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but just that we, we think, did cover that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we do think that there could be better work there, right? right? Sure. I mean, there's definitely the funds. Mm-hmm. And right. this, and um, I think the choir does this really cool job of kind of waking the audience up to see who's experiencing the crisis. And they look just like them in the audience. Absolutely. And we can do better. We know some solutions, you know. That's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, it helps, and I think, for, to elicit a little empathy from yeah. mm-hmm. the audience. Mm-hmm. And for us to declare over and over again that this is America's finest city, this is pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Ticketing and the clearing of the encampment still happens, right? Right. It's well, very yes. unfortunate. So what, yes. do you, what do you tell people when you have like a policymaker, a city council person, or you're at these meetings, what's the alternative? What should the city be doing? Well- um, they have approved it before um, to have storage, you know, to have storage facilities. And I know that a lot of our elected officials, too, like they have adopted this language. They do want these changes. So it really is going to take like the voters and all of us kind of not pushing away a facility. Like right now there's a storage facility. Yeah. It's happening. This uh, 20th happening. and commercial, I believe. Yeah. And that's my zone. I mean, I live, you know, I live in outside of Golden Hill and I'm in that, you know, I see little uh Facebook groups where the, oh, the community yes. gets together and they're like, we got to ban the homelessness, you know, facility. I got that very alert. I it's got like, that alert. And I was like, what? wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have to create space Nimby. because people will not disappear. Anybody listening, anybody who's on the fence about how to, uh, how to address the situation. Let me just give you one little tip. People won't go away. Right. So aside from building empathy and compassion and advocating for these policies, the choir itself has had real big time successes. Let's talk about those. Yes, um, we've connected 27 people to shelter, to safe housing. Um, we've seen people re- go, go back to work, um, do better health-wise, feel better. Um, yeah, I don't know, what else? I mean, I, mean, I, think, of- I think you know we're working with, with our partners, our homeless partners out there, yeah. and they deserve a lot of credit because you know we just know where the resources are and we can maybe make the right exactly. phone call to point mm-hmm. people the right direction. Exactly. Which is a big help uh, because you know right now the system is a little bit messed up in terms of how we're you know, not yeah. serving people. Yeah. Once so. you hit the street, um, the, um, the effectiveness of the information that's available to those people is almost nil. Um, was it four one one two one one two one one? Yeah. Um, yeah. People often just tell it, you to call two one one. It was worthless to me. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And, and the regional task force for the homeless has an idea of the fifty some odd agencies in town that can provide services, but the catch is because there's always a catch. You have to have a housing navigator assigned to you in most cases, Before in order you to go into tra- uh, either transitional or permanent housing. Correct. And you've got to meet with somebody who is, because they're all overwhelmed. There's plenty oh, of people yeah. out there looking for housing. So the housing navigators, wow. they're trying to do what they can, but until you get one assigned to you, even then- It's still a challenge. Ra- yeah, rapid rehousing yeah. is not rapid. It's not at all. Well, it, and it depends on where you, how you score in the system and yeah. certain unique characteristics. And there's, you know, they do try a good try to do matching. It's just, it's not. It's right now. There's just a lot of gaps. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know about it. Well, that yeah. right. that net that exists, if it does, there's a lot of holes in it. Right. Right. Yeah, I think anyone who's gone to the DMV, or for me, it was like uh, getting pregnancy disability. Anytime you interface with a government entity, I mean, I 
can just visualize what you're talking about. Right. It must be bureaucracy. It is, yeah, and, the bureaucracy. and the reality is, people don't understand because how fragmented our system is. Just how much effort it takes just to make the connections, just to keep food stamps current on for somebody, just to keep their GR, their you know their monthly cash working, right. just to keep their Medicaid current. All these different things that it, for somebody who is being emotionally you know aggressed every day on the street and dealing with their own issues and then dealing with having the police take all your ID and your paperwork so you were on I mean we've had situations where people were on the verge of housing got arrested and thrown in jail and when they got out all their paperwork's gone oh gosh so no, they didn't tons get of into housing like that. so frustrating that's not uncommon no yeah right. but while I was living on the street I had two tents stolen and one just completely robbed. With all of its contents. Yeah. With uh, you know, uh, IDs, social security yep. cards. Yeah, Folks yeah. will come in and take whatever they can carry away and figure out whether they can use it later. Mm-hmm. Yes, So there, there's no discretion about what they take. You don't get that fortune. You don't get that yeah. luck. No. They just take everything. Let's play a clip from the movie. <gasps> oh. A lot of people that we meet in the choir, we don't know their background. We hold space for them in a loving way and create community and invite them in. They can bring who they are. We'll be there tomorrow. Come kick it with us. Yeah, I will get there tomorrow. Please do. Cool. Do you sing? Do you play any music? No. No? Well, you don't have to be a singer. You can just come and hang out. This problem occurs in every city and in every state. It is a travesty. All right. Well, thank you all so much for coming in and sharing your stories. Thanks, Kitty. Thanks, Voices of San Diego. You can get more information about Voices of Our City Choir at www.voicesofourcity.org. And you'll find information about booking the choir, joining the choir, and um, where you can see the upcoming documentary. Unbound.